Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, everybody. Hello, everybody, and this is our final episode on the foundation principles. And last button, by no means least, is sleep. Now, I consider myself to have a superpower of sleep that I can like sleep at any time. It's very rare that I get any sleep disruption. You know, if I go anywhere on an airplane, my husband used to go mad because I'd be like be asleep before the plane left the landing strip and then I'd wake up just before it landed and it would be like a magic journey I I think I can actually time travel via the power of sleep but um yeah sleep is um something that we probably don't think enough about don't think it's one of our main health things do we you know it's it's something that really 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 we should all be prioritizing it's actually miraculous how amazing sleep is for your body and even if you think about the fact that for eight hours a night your body just turns itself off and you just go totally unconscious and you need to do it every night otherwise even missing one night of sleep even missing a few hours of sleep they're going to give you some pretty scary statistics of the side effects which it causes but yeah even if you just you don't think about it at all do you it's just miraculous i often think which highlights how important it is. You know, when someone's ill or they have surgery or something and you just sleep for like 20 hours a day, your body knows it has this kind of blueprint to heal itself. It knows Mm -hmm. it just needs to rest. And that's when all the good work happens. So yeah. And another quick point about this sleep is it's free. So there's all these expensive supplements and exercise programs. It doesn't cost you anything to go to sleep. And when you said it's your superpower, I think there's going to be a lot of people listening who are so jealous of you just being able to go to sleep anywhere because I'm one of those I sleep okay at home but when I go to like a hotel or I'm on a plane there's just no chance I'm getting good quality sleep oh really no yeah it is I've trained it all my life into this this moment you know like sleeping is for me it's an absolutely non-negotiable I could probably eat crappy not move not drink enough water but if I don't, if I just go for one night without sleep, my skin goes bad, my hair goes bad, like I can't make decisions, <laughs> my brain doesn't work. It, it's it's so bad for me that it's not, not even worth me even considering not sleeping. Imagine if you're doing a new exercise program or you're trying to learn, like intellectually learn something new. If you don't get good sleep, most of your time's being wasted. Mm. because you're having a good quality sleep is like hitting the save button on all the new things you've just learned it's literally that important it just cannot be underestimated but i think especially in the western society there's a stigma around calling people lazy when they sleep too much Mm -hmm. i don't know but we need to prioritize sleep but some people use it as a badge of honor that they only sleep four hours a night but yeah they might only sleep four hours a night but they look like crap they have to have six coffees every day. No one likes being around them because they have a short temper. Who wants to live like that? You need to prioritize sleep. And a lack of sleep will just affect every single aspect of your health. There's no getting away from it. And the, the stats are out there that the less you sleep, the shorter you live. So there's that whole saying of sleep when you're dead. Well, 
you're going to be dead a lot sooner if you don't sleep and don't prioritize it. <laughs> yeah, haven't you got a really good stat there about how um, much it shortens your life if you don't sleep properly? Or am I just making that one up? No, there is some stats out there. I, I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it, but it works out that no matter which way you cut it, the less you sleep, the shorter you live. It's, yeah. and didn't you say it on it off air about Margaret Thatcher and Reagan? What, Ronald what Reagan, yeah. Yeah, so they both famously, Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, both famously didn't um, get enough sleep. They both were very advocative of um, not sleeping, of only needing like a couple of hours a night. And both of them ended up with dementia and died from it. So, yeah, lack of sleep has been strongly linked to brain problems like dementia and uh, Alzheimer's, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's not just kind of the older generation. It's throughout all of life. So obviously you just mentioned there, older generations, it's now really heavily linked with Alzheimer's. Um, but even if you're, you're kind of middle-aged, if you are a man in your sleep, five hours or less every night the stats show that you have smaller testicles compared to men who sleep seven or more hours and you'll have testosterone of someone who is 10 years older than you so imagine if you just turned 30 and then you only sleep five hours a night you wouldn't have testosterone of a 40 year old man so you deprive yourself of 10 years which is stupid and the, the similar effects in women with estrogen levels as well mm-hmm. so that's old people and middle-aged but even kids kids obviously when they've grown up it's very much a learning phase of life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's school and they're learning how to navigate life. But I mentioned earlier as well, it's like when you you learn something new, to retain that information, you need a really good sleep after you've learned that information. Otherwise, the analogy is like it's writing a Word document and not hitting the save button. All mm-hmm. the stuff you've just done just won't go in if you, if you skip sleep. But even prior to learning, your body has to have a good sleep prior to learning so your brain is fresh. And imagine it like a dry sponge ready to soak up new information. But if, you're, if your brain's tired, it's like a wet sponge. There's nothing new can come in. It just goes in one side and out the other. So yeah, old people, middle-aged kids, we, we cannot skip sleep. You will suffer the consequences. Absolutely. And um, if we're talking about sleeping um, from the Czech Institute, we've got this um, model, haven't we, of, of when the hormone levels start to rise. So when we talk about cortisol, it's quite a bad hormone, don't we? It's like one of your stress hormones. It's one of your survival hormones. But cortisol is actually, it's your worst enemy and it's your best friend because the cortisol is actually what gets you up on a morning. So just before you wake, cortisol starts to rise and that's what gets you up on a morning. And cortisol is at its highest at around 9 a.m., which is probably just about the time that people are hitting their office desks and starting on the coffee. So we're just adding a bit more um, stimulant into the system there. But then cortisol starts to gradually decrease until till we get to about 6 o'clock, and then it just stabilizes out. So cortisol should be lower, which is when, obviously, we're hitting rush time traffic on the way home, <laughs> sending cortisol up. If we were talking about a natural cycle, cortisol should be at, at its lowest point at about 6 p.m. and then it stays low for the rest of the evening. As cortisol starts to lower, the sleep hormone melatonin starts to rise and it's at its peak, it gets to its peak at about 10 o'clock, which is when we should all be aiming to be in bed bags. So to hit that nice melatonin rush, and then it stays high until about 2 a.m. And then it starts to gradually decline and for you to wake up ready at 6, 
6 a.m. So that would be a nice natural circadian rhythm. So cortisol goes up, slowly comes down, and then melatonin starts to rise and sends you to sleep. But like we've already mentioned in our podcast before, we put stimulants into our bodies, which wreck that. The cortisol levels probably stay in our system for too long, not letting melatonin rise enough. We all need a twilight and light uh, is we need enough light and twilight to get melatonin levels up. And we probably don't do that enough during the day. But if you're missing out, if you don't get into bed by 10 p.m. on a night, you start to miss out on the physical repair of your body. So the first few hours of sleep are all from 10 till 2 uh, when your body's repairing its physical and things. So if you've done an exercise um, workout that day, you that's when your body's going to start building muscle. You don't build muscle in the gym. You build muscle when you're asleep. And then... From 2 a.m. to 6 6 a.m., that's when the psychological repair happens. So that's when it, your brain gets flushed. And have you, I know you, like the Matthew Walker, read his book, and he talks about the flushing aspects of the brain where they've put um, electrodes on people's heads and they've seen, like, it's like the brain gets washed. It's really weird. And they said, like, a big wave comes over. And he says, it's amazing to see because it is like a wave pattern of radio waves and it's like the brain getting washed and all of the stuff that's been happening to you during the day so if you've been if someone's been stressing you that's when that gets processed and put into its box and put away otherwise if you don't get that time of sleep you that's when anxiety levels start to rise because you're not processing all of the stuff that's been happening to you yeah then you're going to wake up with a lack of sleep which is just going to compound the effects of what you're already stressed about but you mentioned Matthew Walker then I think we'll both agree that go and buy his book. It's just absolutely fascinating. He's got some stuff on YouTube as well. He did a TED talk, but anything he does, he's been on the Joe Rogan podcast. He is so clued up on sleep, but mm. he talks in such a manner. He comes across really well. He's a really good public speaker. And the facts and figures that he gives are just absolutely fascinating. Yeah, you think sleep, there's not that much to know about sleep. He makes it the most interesting subject you've ever heard. He's he's really, really good. So if this episode intrigues you, then go and investigate some of his stuff because it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah. His interview on the Joe Rogan podcast really good. So if you start there and then dig deeper. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the circadian rhythm, like 10 till 6, which in general yeah. is like a really good, that's when the, the hormones tell you to go to sleep. It's when the sun goes down. That's the where the humans were designed to live. Mm. Before we had electricity and lights, when the sun went down, we would just go to sleep and then the sun would, sun would wake us up. And mm. that's how our bodies work. But obviously, like we spoke about in the movement podcast, we've, we've made everything easier. We can now stay awake past sunlight because we have artificial lights and we can now work 24-7. So I just want to give you some stats on shift work. Your hormones are telling you to go to sleep at 10 p.m. Some people are just starting work at 10 p.m. and then they get in at six in the morning when the body's telling them to get up and that's when they go into bed so they have it completely backwards mm-hmm. and it's just so detrimental for your health and you said before we started was it entrainment when you it takes seven to 21 days yeah get into a new pattern but often shift work i've done this in the past where you do maybe five days worth of night shift and five days worth of day shift by day seven or the end of the week sorry you just get into that pattern and then it flips by 12 hours. So your brain is just scrambled and you just feel like crap all the time. 
shift work is now being proven to be so to have so many bad side effects on your health the world health organization has actually listed it as a probable carcinogen it's that bad and if you think that's kind of you're doing the whole system backwards which is pretty extreme but this is i got this from matthew walker and you've mentioned this in a previous podcast as well this absolutely shocked me in the spring when the clocks go forward we only lose one hour of sleep it doesn't sound like a lot does it there's a 24 percent increase in heart attacks as well as drastic increases in car crashes and suicides that's just with one hour and then in the autumn we gain an extra hour of sleep there's a 21 percent reduction in heart attacks as well as a reduction in car crashes and suicides and that's just one hour it's just crazy isn't it you think one hour is nothing and another thing when people might be sad thinking well I've got a newborn baby. There's no way I can sleep eight hours a night. Well, that's fine. It's natural. There's nothing you can do about it. I mean, hopefully you can get your kid to sleep and you can get into a pattern as soon as possible. But it is, it's obviously very hard for some people. But mothers in particular, there's been studies done where within the first year of a newborn, the mother's brain can reduce in size by up to 1% when it's due to a lack of sleep because they're up all night and they have more of that motherly instinct that nurturing instinct that they know when there's something there's something up and they're quite to be more alert when they're asleep mm-hmm. and they get what's called baby brain don't they so oh it's yeah. horrible sucks to be you women <laughs> <laughs> men don't seem to get it either it's really annoying because like if you say right we're going to take turns in the night every time they cry get up as a woman I wouldn't be able to go to sleep because I'd be constantly listening out and then like, so say it was Stephen's turn. <laughs> I'd be like, right, the baby's crying. And like, he's going to get up in a minute. And then it just didn't happen. And then you'd like, like, men just don't not have this, right? So then you'd go, right, okay, he's not getting up. So you kind of nudge him and go, uh, and then he's like, uh. by then the baby's in full screaming alert. You know, like women would probably get there before they get to that state. So it'd like calm them down so that they go back to sleep. By the time the man's got to them, the baby's having a full-on meltdown and is like wide awake. And then you're like, oh God. So I just, yeah, I remember that. And then it's particularly bad because why did nature do this? Well, it's probably not, nature didn't do this. It's work, society did this. So women tend to go to work, back to work. Well, when I was on maternity leave, we only got six months. So that was just as the teeth were coming in. So yeah, you just get back to work you think you've got yourself into a routine and then the teeth start coming in and then it's like night times are gone. I remember one, like, you know, I love sleep and I can't, I don't function well without it. And I remember one night, I think I'd had about three hours sleep every night for like four nights. And I remember my son waking up and looking at the clock and I was thinking, oh God, it's four o'clock in the morning. And I had to get a train to London at six o'clock that morning and I was just thinking, there's no, there's no way I can go back to sleep. And I got to the platform. <laughs> my colleague was there, and I must have looked like I must have looked like hell on earth. And I said to him, "Don't say anything nice, because I'll just burst into tears." <laughs> and he just went, "You look like shit." <laughs> so I was like, "Thanks for that." <laughs> but I didn't even dare go to sleep on the train or anything, because I thought if I go to sleep, I'll never wake up and it'll just ruin my life. It's just it's just one of those things that you have to live with as a new mother, but it is hard. It's really, really hard. And um, I've got the deepest sympathies. But I was um I was really strict with my kids to have a strict sleep routine. So they were both in bed, like six o'clock, bath time, bedtime, and 
even now, even though obviously I don't make them go to bed at six o'clock, but even now they both go off to their beds at like eight, nine o'clock and have no qualms. They, I think they take after me. They're like, they're like, they sleep as well. So yeah, it's something that you've, you've got to train. I always thought like people go, oh, it's horrible training your baby to sleep. But I used to think I'm actually giving them a benefit. Being able to sleep is, is a superpower. So yeah, don't feel bad about making your baby go to sleep. If you've only had maybe three hours sleep every night, new parents are going to suffer this. But some people do it to themselves on purpose. They use it like yeah. a badge of honor. They only sleep. I've only slept four hours every night this week. I'm up, I'm doing stuff. But I think some of them think of it like they're just going to catch up on the weekend. But unfortunately, you can't do that. It mm. has to be every night. If you're only sleeping four or five hours every night, there's damage being done and you can't undo the damage by having like a 12 hour sleep. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. you, you can't catch up. Like a few other things in the foundations we talk about, if you're dehydrated, if you hadn't had anything to drink all morning, you can probably catch up in the evening and drink more mm-hmm. water. It's yeah. not ideal, but you, you can make up, but sleep, you cannot, you cannot skip sleep for days and then have a big catch up. You might feel as though you've had a catch up because you've had a, like a 12 hour sleep, but there's damage being done, which you can't undo. It's really important to get into a good pattern. I'll just quickly mention a few things to avoid okay. with sleep. You've mentioned a few of them already alcohol caffeine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. these things keep you awake so with coffee especially people get addicted to coffee just try and not drink coffee between i think it's about 3 p.m in the afternoon try and come off the coffee and let it burn out your system alcohol is another tough one have you ever noticed when you have a heavy night out you might sleep for like 10 hours but you don't feel you feel tired the next day it's because you don't go into that deep sleep it's more of a light sleep blue light so televisions mobile phones these things mimic the light of the sun and they tell your body that you're awake and you release daylight hormones. Mm-hmm. That's bad. The way you can avoid that is get some blue light blocking glasses. You know, the ones that I had on before where they made me look like Bono. You were yeah. taking them. <laughs> <laughs> sleeping pills. Don't, if you're struggling to sleep, don't just get sleeping pills straight away. You need to train your body to do it naturally. That's obviously the way to do it. So these are things to avoid and things to include, which are going to help you get to sleep. Uh, temperature is a really big one mm-hmm. so your body needs to drop its core temperature by two to three degrees fahrenheit which is not not a lot it needs to drop between two to three degrees fahrenheit to initiate sleep and then mm-hmm. maintain sleep and i think i was listening to matthew walker he said the ideal temperature of your bedroom should be around 18 degrees celsius that's ideal i mean it's pretty hard to get you to get at that exact but it's, it's a that's what ideal would be Mm-hmm. Um, regularity so it's called anchoring your sleep so go to bed at the same time every night and wake up at the same time every day even on the weekend that gets you into a really good pattern it improves the quality and the quantity of deep sleep even do it on a weekend and you might think that's a bit silly but we all know that it works because have you ever you might get up for work at 6 a.m every day and you get to the weekend you think right i'm gonna have a lie in and then you wake up at 6 a.m yeah it's, it's happened to us all clock, yeah, you, yeah. You, your body likes patterns We've spoke about what the Czech Institute teach, the rhythm and flow. Your body likes rhythms and regularity, so that really works. A good analogy, which I heard and I really like, imagine if you're in bed and you're tossing and turning every night. Mm -hmm. What you need to do is get up and do something else and only go to sleep when you feel tired and you're ready for some deep rest because your body then associates tossing and turning in bed and your bedroom is a place of awakeness. Your body makes that connection. Mm-hmm. So if you're tossing and turning all night, your body thinks, well, this is what I'm just going to do every night. 
So you need to get up and do something else and go to bed when you're tired. And the analogy is you wouldn't go to the dinner table and sit there and wait to get hungry. So why would you sit in bed just waiting to get tired? And that really simplified it for me. And it makes sense, doesn't it? So your bed and your bedroom are a place. It's like your little cave. You just go into sleep. So Mm -hmm. that'll improve. And essential oils, which I know you're the expert on, so I'll hand over to you. (laughs) Thank you. So a couple of things I just wanted to pick up on, the whole alcohol thing, particularly women who are hitting into the hormonal phase red wine is a killer and you know how much I love red wine like I would never ever say anything against it but I am for this purpose red wine is my thing that will keep me awake all night and I have to decide between do I want wine or do I want to be awake all night and if I haven't got anything on the next day I might decide wine but I definitely wouldn't decide that that's a conscious decision that I have to make between alcohol and sleep. And nine times out of 10, sleep wins for me. So that's something that you need to consider if you are having sleep problems. You know, I get loads of women going, oh, I don't sleep. And then I to say to them, do you have an alcohol? Oh, yeah, I have a glass of wine. And I'm like, well, cut out the alcohol. It's probably going to work. Another thing that I wanted to talk to you about as well is how sleep for me, it's all of the core prince, all the foundation principles that we've talked about are like spokes in a wheel. Each of those spokes, you know, if you don't get each of them in place, it becomes a bit of a bumpy ride. But for me, sleep is the one thing that is linked to all the other ones. So I can tell if I haven't drank enough water in the day, then I have trouble getting to sleep. If I haven't moved, I don't have a good sleep. If I haven't eaten the right foods, if I haven't got out in daylight enough, it's like all the other things factor into your sleep. If you've had too many stimulants, like you were saying, if you haven't had the wind down time, the lights and all of that kind of stuff, all of that affects your sleep. So I think it is affected by all the other foundation principles. So maybe if you focus on all the other ones, it will help your sleep in the long run. A lot of women hit them hormonal time and find that they can't sleep but then when you actually get down to it they're eating loads of crap foods too much sugar too many stimulants sitting on their phones all night watching the telly and stuff like that which all makes the brain still awake so it's really there comes a point in time where you've got to decide do you want to still do all that stuff or do you want to get to sleep the spokes on a wheel analogy is really good because you said if you've you haven't had enough movement you hadn't had enough water it's going to affect your sleep and then alternatively if you get a really good night's sleep, it's going to improve all of those things. We all know that feeling of a good night's sleep when you wake up fresh and energized and you have that vitality. You're more likely to have a good workout. You're more likely to eat healthy mm-hmm. food. You're more likely to have good relationships, exactly like spokes on a wheel. And I find sleep's a big one because mm-hmm. on the opposite, if you have poor night's sleep, chances are you're going to reach for the caffeine, reach for the sugar, reach for the alcohol. But that's like trying to cure the problem in the place that it was created. The solution should be take the alcohol and the sugar away and that's going to improve your sleep. So we yeah. get it backwards a lot of the time. But yeah, I couldn't agree more. And you asked me about the oils, essential oils. So I actually make a sleep spray, which is very successful for my ladies. So if you wanted to make something to help you go to sleep, you're better off doing a blend. I think I use this one called Vet. I don't know how to say it, vetiver, vetiver, which is a grass, which is one of the base notes. It's really nice smelling. And I'd probably mix that with one of the woods, like sandalwood or um, some like rosewood, something like that, which has got a really nice 
deep smell. So you want the base notes, which will help you sleep. Those are the ones that are always used in meditation. I think we've mentioned, mentioned that in the meditation mind set one. Any of the deep ones will help you sleep. But like we always say, the oils and all that kind of thing are the cherry on the top. It's not the thing that is going to really help you sleep is drinking enough water, not drinking and eating and drinking sugar and alcohol and caffeine and giving yourself that nice wind down time. Another thing I really like um, on a night, I like to have all the lights out. Like I can't bear. And actually for fluorescent lights make me feel sick. And they've always made me feel quite sick. And it's funny because I've been doing this course with Lee, you know, this uh, toxicity course. And he's talking about the radio and the energy waves that come off fluorescent lights and how disruptive they are to you. And it's really weird because I've always felt sick by them. So any reduction in lights and I've got these salt, salt lamps and selenite towers, crystal towers. I bought down one for Christmas and, uh, and uh, so I am slowly shifting them into the hippie state. But I've got those as bedside lamps now. So, you know, keep the light low. Um, these are my top tips for sleep. Lights, keep them low. Call, sleep in a back cave. Um, blackout blinds, if you can. You don't want any external lights coming in. Um, keep it cool. Like Dan said, your body temperature has to drop before you can get to sleep. So a lot of people struggle to get to sleep in the first place. If that's your problem, then you need to drink something cold. And the best thing to do is uh, drink cold tart cherry juice, tart cherry juice. You can get it off Amazon, keep it in the fridge and have just a, a drink of that before you go to bed because tart cherry juice is the highest thing in melatonin, which is your natural hormone. So that's a top tip. And another top tip is sometimes when you wake up in the night, you think it's because you need to go to the toilet and it actually isn't. It's because your blood sugar has dropped. And so your body panics because obviously your blood, the brain, the brain's a quite selfish thing, isn't it? It wants to stay alive <laughs> selfishly, <laughs> ruins your sleep. How but dare it? How dare it? So it it's monitoring all the time so it's monitoring your blood sugar levels um, and one of the best things to normalize blood sugar levels is apple cider vinegar so if you find that you're waking up at the same time in the night to go to the loo try and have a um, some apple cider vinegar in some warm water before you go to bed or cold water whatever and that will normalize your blood sugar for the whole length of your duration of sleep hopefully and if you do some of these things and it improves your sleep then you'll be thanking us for it because oh. like we've said You'll be delighted. Every, everything just functions a lot better with sleep, with good, proper, deep sleep. So yeah, I don't think we can over-exaggerate it anymore, can we? No, it's really is a key keystone habit for me. You know, everything else depends upon. I remember going, you know, when we studied at the Czech Institute and like we did exercise coach and we were like at the thing from eight in the morning until like six, seven at night. Then you had like three or four hours work of homework on the night time can you remember that and um, I remember finishing at the Czech Institute and everyone was like all right I'm going to go for a run I'm going to go to the gym I was like I'm going to go home and get this work done so I can get to sleep <laughs> like prioritize yeah. sleep because they were they were all like prioritizing movement I was like no I've got to prioritize getting this done and going to sleep yeah there was a few times I think it was on HLC2 which is quite intense we had like an hour for lunch I would the hotel was around the corner I would just go for a quick power nap would you? Yeah, because I would find I was, it was like a mental overload. It's quite fatiguing yeah. learning new heavy stuff, isn't it? So I didn't fall asleep all the time, but I just needed some alone time, time as well because you're obviously with like 20 people and it's quite intense. But I, yeah, I would sometimes go for a nap. That's another good tip as well. Don't be afraid of a power nap. If you're really struggling to sleep on a night, 
don't go home and have two hours in the middle of the day because that'll affect your circadian rhythm on a night. But sometimes a 20-minute power nap can make you feel superhuman. Sometimes if I'm at work from 7 till 2, I'll have a, a power nap from whatever, 2.30 till 3, and it just makes us so much more productive in the evening. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good tip. Don't be afraid. And again, there's a bit of a stigma getting called lazy for having a nap in the middle of the day, but don't no. listen to what people say. It's just, it'll make you feel better and it'll make you healthier. So why not incorporate it? I'm a big fan of the power nap. Every day from three till half three, I have a power nap. <laughs> and I hate it if anyone knocks at the door when it's power nap time. <laughs> I watch Gaia TV. I always think because like I work on a night as well, like, you know, you do split shifts, don't you? So I yeah, don't get yeah. time to sit on a night to watch the telly and stuff. So I always think I'll have an hour during the afternoon and normally have a power nap as well. So I don't ever, re- it never disrupts my sleep. So if it's going to improve your quality of life, then go for it. Don't feel judged by people for having a, a, a power nap. It's weird. Yeah. We have these weird things in society, don't we? That for no reason, yeah. people try and make you feel bad. Yeah. Don't uh, listen to anybody else. <laughs> right, I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I think so. Thoroughly, yeah. Make sure that you get enough sleep. That is the main point. As well as all the other foundation principles. We hope you've enjoyed this mini series and the final episode. We're going to quickly go over how to tie all these things together. Because it was interesting you mentioned keystone habits. That's a really good term because, like you said, sleep is for you. That improves everything. We'll try and help you figure out which foundation principles have the best knock on effect. Absolutely. Okay then. Thanks, Dan. Thanks, listeners. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you at the next next one.